You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast, and happy Valentine's Day. You may just think it's a Hallmark holiday, and it kind of is, but why not celebrate love today? And what we're going to talk about today is self-love. <laughs> I just, uh, so Gray, my husband, listens to all these episodes, which I think is just so sweet. Thanks, Gray. Um, but I just had, like, had this vision of him like seeing this title and hearing this topic and being like, oh, no. Like, I'm this many episodes in, I can't stop now, but also, like, this doesn't seem up my alley. So thank you for continuing to listen. Maybe you'll learn something. Um, And for you guys as well, I know that um, self-love and concepts like this can feel a little woo-woo and just kind of out there and may not feel like your cup of tea. But I would encourage you, especially if you feel that way, to keep listening. Because a lot of times I have noticed this with exercise, especially, but how true it is in all areas of life. Typically, the things that we don't like are the things that we need the most. And the reason we don't like them is because we're not good at them. And the reason we're not good at them is because we avoid them. And on and on we go. So there's your preface. Uh, Before I get started on my list of 23 things you can do to start cultivating self-love, I want to just give you a quick reminder that the candy that you see available today and that will be significantly discounted tomorrow is the same candy that's available year round it's just in pink and red wrappers just like at halloween it's in black and orange just like at christmas it's in red and green just like in easter it's pastel it's the same stuff don't get me started on the shapes of the reese's candy the point is you can have chocolate you can have these things whenever you want them So don't lie to yourself and pretend that you need to eat them now because you'll never get the chance again. You will. Except maybe those like candy conversation hearts that literally no one likes anyway and probably on the internet you could find them. So there's just your your annual holiday reminder that the candy this time of year is not special. It's just in different color packages. Okay, so now I've gotten my PSA out of the way. I want to start with defining self-love because like I said I feel like it can kind of be this like woo-woo thing where you feel like you're I don't know saying mantras in the mirror all day or you know belly dancing in a dark room while playing thumb cymbals or something Adam I don't know what you were picturing but (laughs) for some reason that's what I'm picturing um so I have an article from Psychology Today pulled up which is a great resource by the way they've got some really interesting um information and a lot of really smart people in the mental health realm. You can also search for therapists and mental health practitioners in your area. So um, if that's something you're looking for, this is a great resource. So this article says, self-love is not simply a state of feeling good. It's a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. It's dynamic and it grows through actions that mature us. When we act in ways that expand self-love in ourselves, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses as well as our strengths, have less need to explain away our shortcomings, have compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find personal meaning, are more centered in our life purpose and values, and expect 
living fulfillment through our own efforts. Um, so some of that stuff may resonate with you more than others, but I think pretty much all of us can agree that it would be nice to be more accepting of our weaknesses. It would be nice to just kind of feel, feel more confident. It would be nice to feel like we're more in touch with, with our purpose. So all of that stems from self-love. Um, and so I have this list. Some of it, I don't, I don't know how in-depth I'm going to go on all of them, because 23 is kind of a lot, and also I think some need more or less explanation than others. Uh, they're also not in any particular order, so some may uh, kind of circle back to earlier ones. I did not categorize them or anything like that. But here's what I've got. Take what will serve you and leave the rest for now. But what I would encourage you to do is pick two or three from this list and actually implement them. As with anything, hearing the information, getting it into your brain, it's nice, but it's not gonna change anything unless you actually implement it. So once you have heard this list, figure out where do I wanna start? I don't think there's anybody out there that can say, I have enough self-love, I'm good. I don't need any more, I'm fine. I don't need to continue growing in my, um, in my relationship with myself. I'm happy with you know exactly where I am right now. I don't wanna change it all. So, we all, even if you already feel confident and good about yourself and you can say, you know, I feel like I have a good amount of self-love, would more hurt? Probably not. Um, and there are probably a lot of you listening who are like, yeah, I could use a lot of help in this department. So don't feel like you have to start doing all of these things at once and just kind of start, start somewhere. Let it be a process. Number one, stop comparing. I am already annoyed that I said number one because now that means I got to keep track of all the numbers and I didn't number my list and you probably heard my pen click. Now I'm trying to like do it while I'm uh, recording. So here we go. Thanks a lot, Esther. Good job. <laughs> all right. Number one, stop comparing. I think this one's going to hit home for a lot of people. Do what you need to do to make comparison less of a thing in your life. For a lot of us, it's going to be related to social media. I know a lot of times we, you know, tell ourselves we follow people for inspiration or for accountability or for whatever, but what ends up happening is you just feel like shit when you see their stuff. So even if you're, you know, if you've followed everybody in one of your Peloton groups because they all want to lose weight too or whatever, and then you find that when you see something in your feed, you're comparing your outputs or your consistency or how quickly they're losing weight or blah, 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 blah. If the people that you are exposing yourself to, whether in social media or in real life, are causing you to compare yourself in a negative way, not to see and say, oh great, that must be possible for me too, but in a way that makes you want to quit or shut down or feel badly about yourself, you control what you're exposed to. Limit, and this is I'm probably sp stepping on another, um, another number's toes, um, but control, control what you're exposed to. Mute people on social media, unfollow, whatever you have to do. You are in charge of protecting your mental health, how you feel about yourself. And it doesn't matter if, if that's going to hurt somebody's feelings that, oh, I, you know, she, I mean, at this point, you don't even need to unfriend somebody or like unfollow them. You can just mute them. They're not going to know. There's no, you're still technically friends. You're still connected. They're not going to know you did it, but you're no longer kind of being beat over the head with the stuff that they're posting that makes you feel bad. So that's number one, stop comparing. Number two, don't worry about other people's opinions. So I feel like a lot of times we let ourselves get held back by what is so-and-so going to think. I see this a lot in clients when it comes to food and drinking and social situations. 
where we'll make decisions based on just not wanting to stick out like a sore thumb. We will drink when we don't really want to because we don't want anyone to ask why we're not. We'll say yes to the dessert because we don't want to upset someone when we say no. No one's opinion matters more than yours. And yes, it can be a little bit uncomfortable to start kind of having a backbone and standing up for yourself and saying, okay, you might not like it, but this is what I need to do. But you are going to be much happier if you stop worrying about what other people think. Number three, allow yourself to make mistakes. We talk a lot about focusing on progress, on recognizing that you will always be an imperfect human and that that's fine. Really start to believe that though. When you make a mistake, because you will, and we all do, and it's inevitable and it's not a problem, just accept it. Literally tell yourself, that's okay, I'm human. Humans make mistakes. Really pay attention to what that inner monologue is. Sorry if you can hear my pen clicking around. Really pay attention to what that inner monologue is. What are you telling yourself after you make a mistake? Are you berating yourself? Are you beating yourself up and telling yourself that you're stupid or weak or powerless or you'll never be successful? Are you totally spinning out when that happens? And work on just reining it in. Okay, I made a mistake. Is there a lesson here? Is there something I should take away from this? Or do I just need to acknowledge that sometimes these things happen and I wipe the slate clean and I move on? Number four, remember that your value as a human being is not what you look like. I think a lot of times when we feel badly about ourselves, we also don't feel happy with how we look. So it's easy for those two things to get intertwined and to feel like, well, I don't, I don't feel good about myself because I don't look good. And once I, once I look better, then I'll feel better. And that's not exactly true. There are plenty of people who on the exterior look, you know, what you might consider enviable or like they should be thrilled with their lives and they're just not. So remember that no matter what you look like right now, there is so much more to you than a number, a clothing size, number of inches, anything like that. You are a valuable human being at any size, at any shape. And even if you, your body never changed in any way, you, that still holds true. You still have value. Number five, let go of toxic people. And... I feel like toxic is such a strong word and also kind of a cliche word. Um, it's kind of overused, I think. But okay, so let go of negative people. I should have used that word. Um, there are probably people in your life that are not helping you become the best version of yourself. And it would be easier to become that person if they weren't such fixtures in your life. Now, I'm not saying go turn your whole world upside down, send mean breakup letters to all of your friends, write off your family and go, you know, start a new life, but actually, you know, give once over to the relationships in your, in your life, who, which are the ones that you want to foster that encourage you to be the best version of yourself? Who do you want to spend more time with? Who do you, you know, who do you feel good after you spend time with? And who are the people that are the opposite? Who do you feel like kind of drags you down or makes you feel stuck or, um, you know, makes you feel badly about yourself and, and how can you reduce the time that you spend with them? Surely there are some people that you could kind of make a clean break from. Um, and there are others that, you know, you're probably stuck to for whatever reason. Um, but how can you manage the, the time that you spend with them, the energy that you give to them and start to put those more positive relationships at the forefront and reduce the time that you're spending with the, the negative ones. Number six, 
trust yourself. This is such a good one. And if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode 57 about building a reputation with yourself with Coach Meg. This is one of the best things that you can do is work on building or repairing your self-reputation. This, as we talk about in depth in that episode, a lot of times we damage the reputation with ourselves, not in one like major blow, but in these small kind of paper cut type situations at a time where you set goals and then you don't follow through on them, where you say you're going to do something and then you don't. And over time, you just come to stop trusting yourself because you have over and over again not been trustworthy. So repairing that relationship is one of the best things you can do to foster self-love. Number seven, put yourself first. I know a lot of the moms listening have, you know, kind of the guilt over I I feel selfish when I, you know, put my kids in front of the TV so I can get a workout in, or I, you know, I don't feel like I should really have any time for myself if everyone else isn't already taken care of. Remember that you, to go back to, now that I've numbered my list, I want to reference it, um, to go back to number four, that you are a valuable person, regardless of how you look. You deserve to be a priority in your life, period, no matter what that looks like. Number eight, be nice to yourself and to say that another way, treat yourself the way you would your mom or your daughter or your best friend. A lot of us have this really negative mental chatter where, like I was talking about in, in number three, allowing yourself to make mistakes, where if someone else made a mistake, you would just brush it off. You'd be like, oh, it's not a big deal, no problem. You know, just try again. But with yourself, it spirals into this, you know, unworthiness or, um, you know, you're hopeless. You're so stupid. I can't believe you did that. So, this is something that, that takes time for sure, as a lot of these things do. Like I said, it's a process. But to at least start by noticing when the way you're treating yourself is different than you would treat another person and working on just stopping yourself in your tracks and saying, wait a second, if, you know, insert best friend's name here was in this situation, what would I say to her? And then just practice writing over that mental chatter with something that is better aligned with how you would talk to a person that you care about. Number nine, start doing things that you need, not necessarily that you want. And this really comes down to delaying gratification. I'm sure I've spoken in other episodes about how what we want in the short term, short, hello, didn't know I'd say short on a podcast episode, but welcome, here we are, made it, what, 60, 65 episodes? <laughs> um, what we want in the short term is often in conflict with what we want long-term. And a lot of us are in the habit of just giving ourselves what we want right now at the sacrifice of what we want longer term down the road. So getting in the habit of, a lot of this is coming down to building in some pauses for yourself, getting in the habit of pausing and ask, asking yourself, how does what I want right now compare to what I, what I actually need? and learning to delay that gratification and say, okay, I, I recognize that I want this thing right now. However, the thing that I want down the road is more important to me. So here's what I'm going to do. Number 10, set boundaries. 
I feel like I've talked about this in numerous episodes, but it will help with your self-love too. So again, this, you know, this ties into putting yourself first and, and seeing your value and, and all those things. You deserve to make time for whatever is important to you. This might be boundaries at home, at work, with friends, wherever, maybe all of the above. But set those boundaries to protect your mental health, to protect the time that you need, and to help you start carving out the life that you really want. Number 11, forgive yourself. This goes very well with number three about making mistakes. They are inevitable. Just forgive yourself and move on. Like I said, just like you would a friend or a family member, do it to yourself. Acknowledge your imperfection and just let it go. Wipe the slate clean, move forward. You'll be so much better off if you're not constantly weighed down by the baggage of every mistake you've ever made. Number 12, start off with a positive statement about yourself every morning. And I don't mean like an over-the-top, stand in the mirror naked and tell yourself, you know, you look like a beautiful goddess when in reality you're just like, oh, I look like I just woke up. I'm a mess. My breath stinks. I, you know, I'm not saying you got to do that. But you can think of something positive about yourself. It doesn't need to be physical. It can be. But just anchor your day with something good that relates to yourself. I was really patient with the kids yesterday. I cooked a delicious dinner. I helped a coworker with that deadline. I had a great hair day. I noticed my eyes in the mirror, they looked really good. It doesn't matter what it is, get in the habit of saying something good about yourself. A lot of this stuff is really just shifting your perspective. These things are already happening. You're just not noticing them. The good in you is already there. You're just not noticing it. Where are we at? Uh, 13. Feel your body well. That is such a, an act of self-love that I feel like we don't even realize. Eating a nutritious diet is not just going to help your physical health, your weight loss. It's going to help you feel better mentally. It's going to help you care for yourself more. So a nutritious diet with lots of micronutrients, your vitamins, your minerals, plenty of water. Taking the time to prepare those things, whether preparing is in kind of air quotes and then preparing means ordering from a meal prep site or getting groceries delivered or actually physically cooking the food, doesn't matter. That is an act of self-love. And a lot of times we let our acts of self-love get masked as busy work or chores or things that we don't want to do. And it's just a reframe. It is just a simple change of perspective. Instead of dreading the hour that you're going to spend prepping your food, start thinking of it as an act of self-care. Isn't it amazing that I'm giving myself this gift of nutritious food throughout the week when I know I'm going to be busy and won't have time to do it then? Number four, Move your body in ways that feel good. Again, exercise is not a punishment. Exercise is not a means to lose weight. Exercise is incredibly good for every aspect of your life. It will make you feel good physically. It'll make you feel good mentally. That too is an act of self-love. 
So again, instead of dreading it, instead of, oh, I got to go do 30 minutes on the bike, or I have to do my strength training because Esther told me to, focus on being grateful that your body is able to move. Focus on how good it's going to feel to have that sense of accomplishment. Focus on how good it's going to feel to do something that felt challenging. Focus on how doing things that feel hard and uncomfortable make you realize what you're capable of outside of the exercise realm. Again, all just reframes. Number 15, question the stories that you tell yourself. Talked about this earlier in, you know, just kind of pausing and noticing what is he, what even are my thoughts? What chatter do I have going on right now? And then is that true? Can I find evidence to the contrary? Is this a story I want to keep telling myself? Is this serving me? And if not, how do I work on rewriting those stories to something that helps me foster this best version of myself? Number 16 goes, uh, goes back to a much earlier one about letting go of negative people. But the flip side is surround yourself with good people. I guess I kind of I kind of ruined this one when I talked about that one because they're flip sides of the same coin. But find more people in your life who encourage you to do the things that you want to do, be the person that you want to be. I know a lot of times, you know, we talk in our our client community about how helpful it is to just have those other women. Yes, you have the support of all the coaches, but to just have other women who get it, who maybe you know have similar jobs or have kids of similar ages or you know have kids who have similar um, disabilities or husbands who travel similarly for work or you live away from extended family, whatever it is, just being around other women who are on a similar path and who get where you're coming from helps a ton. So if you don't have it in real life, that's fine. There are so many places to find that on on the internet. And like I said, this doesn't need to mean you completely uproot your entire social life. This can just mean you start prioritizing the more positive relationships and deprioritizing the negative ones. Number 17, oh, this is a good one. Celebrate all of your wins. Something I see so, so often, two things, is one, not feeling like it's deserving of celebration unless it's like a big win, unless it's a milestone. Oh, I can't, you know, why celebrate being down three pounds when it doesn't really count until I'm down 15? Or why celebrate getting a, a PR when, you know, I was still on the bottom half of the leaderboard? We, we use a lot of qualifying words when we talk about our wins is, you know, this might not be a big deal, big deal to some, but I know it's just blank, that sort of thing. You don't need to do that. Celebrate every damn thing that you're proud of. It's going to make the whole process so much more enjoyable. And there's literally, literally no reason not to. Why not celebrate as much as possible? It doesn't make the big wins any less enjoyable. But it helps you notice and appreciate all of the work that is going into reaching that ultimate goal. And when I say celebrate, you don't, I'm not saying you need to like throw yourself a party for every pound you lose or every time you get a PR or do one extra rep or anything like that. But acknowledge that it happened. Share it with somebody. Post it in our, you know, in our client Facebook group or our free, free Facebook group or you know, message your, your friend who has a Peloton too or whatever it is. Tell your husband at dinner. Tell someone who's going to help you celebrate and give you a pat on the back. Hey, great job. That's awesome. Um, and for those bigger milestones, actually do celebrate them. This is something that I um, have learned in the last probably year or so that I kind of struggle to do um, myself is 
I think it's really easy to kind of achieve something and then immediately sort of move on to the next thing. It's like the second it happens, you're already focused down the road. So, you know, you kept telling yourself, I'll be so excited when I lose, you know, the first 10 pounds. And then you do. And you're just like, yeah, but I still have 30 to go. So, you know, just put my head down, do more work. Come up for air every once in a while. Celebrate those, those things. You know, reward yourself. I've been thinking recently about kind of the best ways to reward yourself for an accomplishment. And what I've come to is that I try to do it in a way that helps me get more of the thing that I'm celebrating. So for example, if it were a business milestone, what's something that makes me feel like a successful business owner? Maybe it's something to like upgrade my office, maybe to celebrate a milestone, I buy a new office chair or a new desk or a new piece of artwork or something that when I look at it, it will remind me of the thing that I accomplished. So if we're talking about weight loss, what are some things that make you feel like this healthiest, happiest version of yourself? Uh, maybe brainstorm a list of those things and then just kind of pick from, pick from them each time you hit a, you know, an interval. So maybe that's like new exercise clothes that you feel really good in. Even if you're not at your goal weight, I feel like a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't want to buy anything until I'm at my you know, final size. You deserve to feel good at whatever size you are right now. So if that means you buy something and then you donate it or you resell it, so be it. Maybe it's exercise equipment or something for the kitchen, a new like gadget in the air fryer or something like that. Maybe you want to do spa treatments where you just go and you know feel like you're getting you know treated like a queen for a day. Maybe it's like a massage gun or a nice new robe for after your workout showers. Maybe you decorate your gym. Whatever it is, actually celebrate your accomplishments. Uh, number eighteen embrace your quirks embrace just like what makes you you i feel like this is a lot easier as you get older um and when you're in you know your teens for sure and then like your 20s you're still most people are still kind of trying to to be be average be normal and you know don't really want to stick out or be thought of as weird and the older you get the more you're just like listen this is who i am but you may be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, and still just feel like, oh, you know what? I don't feel comfortable being who I am. So work on just kind of embracing those quirks. Maybe you do it on the internet first in kind of what you what feels like a safe space, a, a group where you can just say, hey, you know what? I've had this like closet hobby for a long time that I've never told anybody about. It's part of who I am. Now I'm now I'm out in the open about it. It'll feel good. Um, you know, I think about it often when I record these podcasts and I do weird things like stop the podcast and talk about how I accidentally just said shart and then giggle about it. Like that's just, that's just who I am. Think about you and like your most authentic version of yourself. Who are you? Who are you when you're around the people who bring out that version of you? And how can you get more comfortable being more like her more often? Where are we at? Um, 19. Take mindfulness breaks throughout the day. This is such a good one. And I've talked to a lot of clients about it and how a good way to think about it is like when you have your phone off the charger and you're using it all day, the battery just drains, right? And if you don't put it back on the charger, it will eventually get to zero. Part of the reason that so many of us have kind of a witching hour in the late afternoon or, or in the evenings is because we just drain our batteries all day and we never recharge. So something like building in a mindfulness break. I used to, when I worked in, um, in a, a city rec center, I would go to the locker room a couple times a day and I would do a one to a three minute meditation 
to help me kind of recenter myself. I was really unhappy at that job and I needed to kind of pause and, and get myself through the day. You're not going to like fill your, your battery by taking a, a couple minutes of mindfulness, but you're going to keep yourself out of kind of that like yellow danger zone, right? So start building those in. Go to the bathroom if you need to, step away from your desk, tell your kids you, know, you need a minute, you know, walk around the house, whatever it is. Um, those will help a ton. Number 20, have a gratitude practice. This is something that I encourage so often and it's such an easy thing to do. Just like I was talking about starting your day with something positive about yourself, a really great way to practice gratitude is at the end of the day. I have a journal by my bed that I write down three things I'm grateful for. And I do a full sentence. I'm grateful for A, I'm grateful for B, I'm grateful for C. And I think just the act of writing out that full sentence helps me focus on the gratitude. Um, but it also just helps you be kind of gratitude minded. Some days I've, you know, I want to say, oh, I can't think of anything, but then yeah, I do kind of the basic things. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. And it, it can really kind of help you shift perspective back from whatever it is you're dwelling on to, you know what, even in spite of that, I have a lot, I have a lot of good things in my life. Um, number 21, start learning to say no. A lot of times we feel so overwhelmed and bogged down because we just haven't practiced setting that boundary and learning to say no. I'd love to help, but I'm sorry, I can't right now. Check back with me in a couple months when, you know, work is less crazy. Or, you know, I'd love to, um, I'd love to go to that thing with you, but I'm just feeling really exhausted. And I need some time for myself. However you want to follow up with a no, you could just say no. But a lot of times, you know, that might be perceived as rude. But whatever you give as an explanation is up to you. You can be honest and you can just say, listen, I'm really not feeling it. I'm, I'm drained. I'm, I'm socialized out or, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, or you can give kind of the white lie of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy that day or, you know, the schedule doesn't work out, whatever it is. But if you need to get things off your plate, start saying no. Number 22, start taking baby steps to live the life that you really want. I think a lot of times, you know, we might see people on social media who are living what we consider our dream life. You think that, you know, they have this beautiful house that's always clean and their kids are always happy or they've got this job they love or they've quit their job to own a business or to travel the world or live in an RV or whatever your dream thing is. And it just feels so out of reach that we don't even know where to start. So start somewhere. Start taking baby steps. Maybe it's you know, finding um, a, a resource that kind of lays out what those steps are for you. Maybe you realize, all right, well, step one is I got to get out of this job or step one is I need to get a passport or whatever it is, but just start taking those baby steps. What I've learned about anything that has felt like a major undertaking that I've accomplished is that it feels a lot less daunting when all you're focused on is that next step. And then finally, number 23 is ask for help. I talk to so many women who will tell me, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I just felt like I should be able to do it on my own. Or I just, it seems I, sh I shouldn't need help. I've been able to figure out everything else on my own. Why should this be any different? One of the best acts of self-love that you can do for yourself is get help with whatever you need, whether that's a career coach or a marriage counselor or a therapist or a health coach. If you are struggling in an area of your life, there are people who can help you overcome those struggles. And if health, weight loss, is the area that you're struggling in, please reach out to me, talk to our team. We can help you with this.
you can get all the information at sdraymond.com slash call and we can hop on the phone, talk about what it looks like. So anyway, that is my list of 23 things you can start doing right now to foster self-love in your life. I hope it's helpful for you. I hope that you enjoy this Valentine's Day, even if you think it's a, a stupid holiday. I hope that you use this as an opportunity to find something that you love about yourself and to begin improving the relationship you have with yourself. Talk to you guys next week. If you like this podcast, you will love the deep dive that we provide on our consult calls. When is the last time you actually set aside any chunk of time to just think and talk about yourself, about your goals, and really dug into what's actually standing in your way? Just that alone, just having a sounding board for your thoughts can be incredibly eye-opening and help you get that aha moment that you need to actually take the first step toward lasting change. If during our conversation, we know for sure we can help you bridge the gap from where you are now to where you want to be, then we'll offer to share with you what our one-on-one coaching experience is like and how we can help support and guide you to that goal. You can book a call with us at sdraevent.com slash call, and we can't wait to get to know you.